How are you guys doing? So my name is Tanura Osa. I'm the youth pastor at Peculiar Assembly. And this recording is talking about obedience or sacrifice and which is better. And why did King Saul really have to lose his kingdom? So my prayer is that as you listen to this, your hearts be open for what the Holy Spirit lays in your heart. And that whatever direction it gives, whatever instruction it gives, that you follow through on it. God bless you. Thank you for today. I want to thank you for this opportunity to be in your presence and to uh, share your word. Lord, I pray that we will not speak out of our own understanding, out of our own information, but uh, Lord, I pray that you give us your wisdom, your revelation, Lord God, Father, that those that will hear this will be blessed in Jesus' name. So Lord, we cover the atmosphere where we are with the blood of Jesus. We cover the lines, the phone line, everything with the blood of Jesus, that Lord, this recording will go by smoothly and that there will be no problems. Lord, we thank you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So um, I'd like to welcome everyone that is going to be listening to this. Uh, my name is Tanuru Osa. I'm the youth pastor at Peculiar Assembly of Saints National Church. And today I have assistant pastor, um, Pastor Deering Osa with me. And today we're going to be talking about obedience. And is obedience really better than sacrifice? What does that really mean? And um, I guess the question is going to stem from King Saul and what happened with him. And why did King Saul have to lose his kingdom? And is obedience really better than sacrifice? So I'm just going to get started and right into it. So, um, Pastor Deering, um, what do you think on that? Is obedience really better than sacrifice? And did King Saul really have to lose his kingdom or really have to lose everything that that he had? So, what do you think about that? Okay, okay. Why is obedience better than sacrifice? And did Paul, King Saul have to lose his kingdom. I think um, obe- if we look at the two words, obedience and sacrifice, um, obedience means compliance with an order. It means submission um, to another's authority. It means obeying the law. It denotes in itself, and it means that it denotes submission to a, an authority greater or higher or showing respect. Sacrifice, on the other hand, is... Um, an act of slaughtering or surrendering a possession as an offering uh, to a God or surrendering something to a divine or supernatural figure. Now on the surface, it looks like sacrifices like, Oh my gosh, the be all that if you're, if you're surrendering something or if you're, you're slaughtering something to please a God, then that has to definitely be better. But I think obedience um, when you now do the, when you look at it, especially in the context of um, King Saul, why it is it, it it trumps sacrifice is that if if King Saul had just been compliant, if he had just submitted to the authority, there would have been no need for a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So it, yes, sacrifice sounds good; it looks good. But what God is trying to get is like, if you would just submit to me now, you wouldn't have to even slaughter or do something later. The mm-hmm. only important sacrifice from a biblical perspective is what Jesus did on the cross. Mm-hmm. And Jesus had to sacrifice himself because we were not, because Adam was not obedient. Mm-hmm. 
So if you look at it just from biblically, obedience has always been the better way to go. If Adam had not disobeyed what God specifically told him not to do, there would have been no need for Christ to sacrifice himself. So sometimes, yes, sacrifice sounds like it's the humbling, sounds like it's the all, but sacrifice involves death. Sacrifice involves pain. Sacrifice involves um, 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 bloodshed. It's, it involves so much that it's, it, 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 almost, you almost have to ask yourself, if, if I can avoid pain by just being respectful or, or being a, or compliant, now why won't I do what is going to preserve me now than having to kill myself for it later. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, while sacrifice in the eyes of man might look as if that's the bigger thing to do, it shows that you're pious, it shows that you're humble, it shows that, but obedience means you have, that you understand that you are less than. Obedience means that you understand that there is a greater authority. Obedience means that you understand that it, when when um, I think Psalm 23 says, he makes me to lie down in green pasture, it, 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 it on the, it's compliance. For, you, for God to be able to make you to lie down, it means you're compliant with his will. It means that you're submissive to his will. It means that you're aligning yourself with his will. So that, he, so that by the time you now get to, into issues, he's able to protect you. He's able to, he can walk through the valley of the shadow of death with you. You can fear no evil because you've already taken the time to be compliant. You've already taken the time to be obedient. You've already taken the time to be submissive. When you do all that, you're already setting yourself up for a successful life. But when you wait for the trouble to happen, then you now want to give all this sacrificial offering. You want to give this money. You know, God, I'm going to, I'm going to give this. I'm going to give this. But it's, it's a like, big show. To, yeah, it's a show. It's almost like trying to please your flesh and trying to please show other people how, how much you're trying to do for the kingdom. But your heart is not submissive. Your heart is not, is not surrendered. Remember, um, yeah. yes. remember Ananias and Sapphira? Yes. And how on the outside it looked like they gave this big offering. Yes. But they are actually withheld back because it's like we want to. And what to... what did Peter tell them? I know, yeah. And and Peter said, "Why have you why have you decided to, to lie to the Holy Spirit?" Yeah. So that so when you talk about when you're talking about sacrifice, and you, just, and you mentioned the big show, it always hits me that sometimes what we lack in obedience, we try and make up for in sacrifice. We try and yeah, we try and overcome. We try and, we try yeah. and make up for. Well, I'm not going to obey God in this, but I'm going to compensate mm-hmm. by sacrificing this. And guess what? That sacrifice that we usually do, we usually try and make a big show out of so, it. Uh, yeah. So other yeah. people will commend us and say, "Wow, what, what, what a man of God, what a woman of God." Yeah. But God is saying, "I didn't tell you to do that. You know, why didn't you just obey me in this?" I know how to make this big show and everything. So the, the, the sacrifice, you may have the applause of men. Yes. The public sacrifice. Because the one thing I know is that religion always, always prides itself in public sacrifice. Sacrifice, yeah. Because when you look at the story of Abraham, when God told him to sacrifice Isaac, Abraham didn't tell anybody about it. He didn't yeah. tell his wife. He didn't tell... He was obedient. The, the community, anything like that. He didn't tell anybody about it. He didn't even tell the people that were going with him on the journey. He just said... Me and my son are going up to the mountain to go to go and, to go and worship to go and sacrifice to the Lord. He didn't tell them what exactly he was going to do, because true sacrifice is done in secret to God. You know, so when you mention that it's it's a show that just hit me as like it really is true because that's and I guess the question is then why did King Saul have to like lose 
his kingdom because i mean after all he did like um he did do most of what god wanted him to do well and i think that's what it is though Obe- i'm gonna go back to what the meaning of obedience is it's compliance mm-hmm. it's not half compliance when you're compliant it's a full position right you get what i'm saying mm-hmm. if i tell you if you look at the if you look at the military and they tell them to stand at attention they're not telling them to stand at ease it's a full position right you get what i'm saying yeah. so if if you if you ask me to give you let's say you ask me to give you money and i say no no in itself is a complete response mm-hmm. you get what i'm saying so i think oh, we have to understand that when god is telling us to obey it's a complete order it, it's a complete thing he's not saying obey if you feel like obey means it's a, it's not about your feelings it's not about your 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 whether you're in the mood or it, it yeah a lot of the things and i think sometimes as human beings because because we're given free will we somehow think that free will now means that we do things when we want to yeah 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 it, it gives you that freedom but if you want the blessings of god the blessings that come from you have to be fully there's nothing in the bible that is done half in half measures Mm-hmm. If it's done in half measures, then we're in trouble. You see, from the moment that Adam sinned, even God knew that there was not any, there was no sacrifice man was going to do that was ever going to erase that. So the only way to to to, to remedy that was that he had to come in human form and become that sacrifice using what man understood then because we knew that sacrifice of animals was used to atone for sins Mm -hmm. but clearly that wasn't working because they would make the show of getting the spotless lamb all these things and yet they'll fall right back into the pattern again and then they have to go back to the priest and i'm not even going to get into parts of the bible where you see some priests were not even all together there As, as 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 righteous as samuel was his sons his sons, not... yeah, his sons, yeah, were, were, mm-hmm. yeah, because it was part of that was part of the problem. His sons were not the best. That was part of what made the, the Israelites to start clamor king. for a king, yeah, because his sons were not following in the footsteps of their father. So I, I think obedience is always going to be something that you fully commit to. Partial obedience is the same as disobedience. You see, so there's nothing like part. No, partial is the same as disobedience when you're running a race when you think of olympics why why sometimes the second place is like the most painful is because yet you could see the victory mm-hmm. it's like you were almost there they don't give the, the second person gold part two no it is like your second place it's not almost so same thing if we're going to say we, we we trust god and he's telling us to be obedient we have to be fully obedient and the, the issue with king saul when i was looking and, and studying his life and just some things that 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 struck me about him and most of his his stories in um uh, i believe is in first samuel um what struck me is that he was on the outside he was like the perfect candidate to be king and that's already tells you a little bit about sacrifice. On the outside, it's the perfect way to earn trust. It's the perfect way to earn yeah. forgiveness. It's the perfect way to do things. So on the outside, if it was recorded that he was like one of the tallest people. Like his shoulders were even above most of the... He looked the part. Yeah. So he looked the part. Think of a leading actor. They, he looked the part. 
So he was the tallest man at the time. He was from a stripe. His father came from a wealthy background. He was good looking. And, and he was like, God, and even when um, 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 Samuel was led to anoint him, Samuel literally told him that you're going to go. Um, I think that he had gone to, gone to, 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 to ten sheep or whatever, and the, and the, don the, the donkey still got lost and everything. And God told him that, look, someone's going to meet you and you're going to anoint him as king. And Samuel told him that you're going to, uh, gave him certain instruction and say, at, and, and at a certain time, once the uh, spirit of God comes upon you, you're going to prophesy. I think when I was looking at it, just and this is my um, opinion, just reading that. In 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 6, Samuel told um, Saul that this, then the spirit of the Lord will come upon you mightily and you will prophesy with them and you'll be changed into another man. That already tells you what the spirit of God is able to do in the life of any human being. Mm -hmm. And that's in 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 6. If you go to verse 10, 10 to 11, God literally did what Samuel said. He said, when they came to the hill, Behold, a group of prophets met him, and this is the, the hymn here is, is um, Saul. And the Spirit of God came on him mightily, and he prophesied among them. Now, when all who knew Saul previously saw that he actually prophesied now with the prophets, the people said one to another, What has happened to Saul, who, was, who is nobody but the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? I think... I think, it, and that's that's the human condition. Sometimes we get a taste of the excellency of God. We get a taste of it. And somehow we think that we're now in that state for position. And I think because he had prophesied with the prophets, because he had been, been given that divine um, um, inspiration. Um, inspiration, I think he saw, even though Samuel anointed him, I think he saw himself on the same level as Samuel in sense of prophecy. But Samuel was the prophet of Israel. Saul was the king of Israel. And I think that's where, I think a part of him thought now almost there's an element of pride. I was able to prophesy after I prophesied with the prophets and now I'm the king. The people, um, um, God has anointed me king. The people have also selected me as king. And what happens that, and, and, it, and Samuel was very specific in when he went, um, when he told them his, his last address to the people before they allowed him, he said, look, this is the king that you guys chose. But he told them specifically, if you guys obey the Lord and make sure, he said, if you obey the Lord, you will never, that, that, and, and, and follow who's you and your king, you, it, you will last forever. They, he literally just told them that. But instead of them to be obedient, because I think it's in verse in First Samuel again, same chapter twelve, verse fourteen to fifteen. He told us, "Say if you will fear the Lord, and serve Him, and listen to His voice, and not rebel against His commandment, then both you and your king." He was talking to the Israelites, and he was talking to Saul. Mm -hmm. He said, "Then both you and your king will follow the Lord your God, and it will be well. But if you do not listen to the Lord's voice, but rebel, rebel against His command." then the hand of the Lord will be against you to punish you as it was against your fathers. Because his address is very long because he was also referring to how Moses delivered the Israelites yeah. and how they, they always messed up and they fell into trouble. So he told them, and then he repeated it again in 24, in verse 24 of chapter 12 of 1 Samuel, he said, only fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all, not some, 
with all your heart for consider what great things he has done for you. But I think because Saul had had that experience of being with the prophets and people were like, man, this was a nobody. Now he's now a changed man. I think he allowed that get to him. And now he now thought he was in a position where, where he was not only king, but he was also a prophet. And so by the time he now went to war and he waited for, Saul, for Samuel to come and, and, and offer the sacrifice, and Samuel did not come because he said he, said he did not come at the appointed time. He yeah, waited seven yeah. days and did not come at the appointed time. So, so in his head probably thought, after all, I prophesied with the prophets not too, not too long ago. I already know what to do. Bring me all the things for sacrifice. I can do this sacrifice myself. Even though he was specifically supposed to wait for the prophet to come. How many of us rush to things because we can't wait? It's like, God, but, but, but God, this is when I waited four days. This is when it was supposed to happen. I'm going to take matters into my own hands because I'm not seeing your presence. I'm not and, seeing... And- and you, you also, yeah. and you also notice that even in that, in that, in that, in that situation, that's in that um, chapter, that he, the, the soldiers, the enemy was close, and the soldiers, the people are started started to de- 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 desert him. They started to leave him. Yeah. So he felt mm-hmm. like he needed to do something. Something. As it leader. was another show. And, yeah. and the king, people are looking to me. I must do something. And I already waited for seven days, and this man, this, 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 this prophet, this, this, this Samuel, he hasn't come. So I have to yeah, do something. something to make it happen. And like you said before, he's already prophesied with the prophets. So therefore, you know, bring me the sacrifice. I'll, I'll do the sacrifice because he felt as if, you know, I, I have to do something. And that's the thing is that we sometimes if we if we see our identity in if we see the people or if we see our family, whatever, as, as we see that as our identity. Sometimes we now figure we now think that we have to do something to keep the people, and we yeah. take our eye our eye off of God, the one who actually called us and put us in that position. So, exactly, yeah. because Paul, because Saul was put in that position by God, and I think he forgot that, and he's figured I've already prophesied. I know what to do. People are leaving me, and now it now becomes the test: Do I remain in obedience to God, or do I please the people? Yeah. Now. And- Mm-hmm. I know I might be disobeying God, but let me give this show of sacrifice so that people will know that I'm at least I'm still in authority. I'm still in control here. It's not like I don't know what I'm doing. So he, they said, he said he waited in chapter 13. He waited seven days according to the appointed time. And yes, it's nothing. Look, I don't think Saul was a horrible person. I think he's, it's, he was no. a human being in the sense that he thought he was doing the right thing. He waited seven days according to the appointed time which Samuel had said. So Samuel had most likely told him, I'll be there in seven days. And he said, and Samuel had not come to Gilgal and the people were scattering away from Saul. So the fear starts coming in. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The insecurities because remember, these are the same people that were like, wait, is this not the same Saul that was a nobody? Mm -hmm. And now he's prophesying with with prophets, is he one of the prophets? Oh my gosh, what has happened to him? So he's remembering that, and these people praised him and and said, "Oh, this is definitely our king." And at the first sight of desertion, he panicked. So he now said, and 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 the people were scattering away. So Saul said, "Bring me the burnt offering and peace offerings." And he offered the burnt offerings, and he says that in the Bible, said which he was forbidden to do. 
You see, it wasn't a case he was forbidden. This was not something. And after, you would think after the address where Samuel specifically told him, only fear the Lord and do as he commands so that it will be well with you. But, um, and, and, and as soon as he finished the burnt offering, Samuel finally came. Saul went out to meet and welcome him. But Samuel said, what have you done? And Saul said, and literally, and you could tell it was fear of man. Since I saw that people were scattering away yeah. from me, he forgot that God put him there. He said, from me, he didn't, yeah, scattering away from me. And that you did not come within the appointed time. And that the Philistines were assembling at Michmash. Yeah. He pretty much said, this is why I did what I did. Mm-hmm. And Samuel said to Saul, you have acted foolishly and have not kept the commandments of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For if you had obeyed, so it's almost like if you had just waited, if you had not looked at man deserting you and just been obedient to me, if you have been obedient to the voice of God, who kept you there in the first place, if you had understood that your source was always God and not man, because man is very fickle. The same men that praised you with the prophets were already deserting you. If you had just held on to me and just say, if you had obeyed and um, the Lord will establish your kingdom over Israel forever, but now your kingdom shall not endure. The Lord has sought out for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has appointed him as leader and ruler over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. You see, it's interesting to me that because when Samuel addressed them earlier, he told them, he told the people, if you guys obey the Lord and follow you and your king. And the punishment here was directed to Saul because Saul was the one who disobeyed him before the people. Saul was the one that took like almost like just ran with that authority and thinking that I can do it. And because of that, he lost his kingdom. So yes, it, will, it might have looked good to the people that, hey, yes, he's doing a burnt offering, he's doing a peace offering. Yeah. And you know, he was like one of the prophets, he even prophesied, so we know he can do this. And it was a show, but what happened in the long run is that he lost his place. And how many of us as children of God, instead of us to wait for God's timing, We've taken matters into our own hands and we've lost certain things because of that. Because of because of the fear of man, because, because of, because of what of people will think, and because we think that our identity is in people's approval. Yeah. And and it and it strikes me like um I was reading it was yesterday, it strikes me how um Aaron Moses and Aaron, Moses went up to the mountain. Both of them were actually God invited both to come to the top of the mountain. Moses went up. Aaron stayed in the camp with the people. So while Moses was getting revelation and getting almost like, I guess, the first five books of the Bible, writing everything down, Moses was getting revelation. Aaron was in the camp with the people. So Aaron saw the people as he was more comfortable with people than he was in the presence of God. And because of that, he now led the people into idolatry. He now led the people in making making golden calves and, and having... And having peace offerings and burnt offerings and all this kind of stuff while he was in the camp of the people. So while Aaron was playing church and was playing religion, he was leading them in, in idolatry. So I guess the, the, the real takeaway for me is this, is that you first have to secure your identity in Christ. Your identity is in him, not in the people, not in the approval of men. Because had Saul been secure in his identity in God, 
even when the people were deserting, he would have still waited for Saul. He would have still said, you know what? Even if the people leave, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to depart from what I know the prophet has told me to do. But because he saw, the, he saw his identity in the people, and you also notice later on in the story when they were singing that song that Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his tens of thousands. He what happened? Jealous. He got jealous because he saw the people as, as, his, as, his, as his security blanket. Uh-oh, the people are leaving me again. So that same insecurity mm-hmm. raised his ugly head. And then from that day on, it's like, this man is my end. En- David is my enemy. I have to kill him. And, so, and I think the, the thing that struck me too, which is kind of sad, and I think just for anyone listening that may have taken decisions and taken matters into the hands of waiting for God, what I think why Saul even suffered in, in that sense, even more so if you think of what David did compared to Saul, David did worse things. Yeah, yeah. But I think when it says a man after my own heart, I think if Saul had once Samuel told him you have active if Saul had just said had repented right then and there I think would have been saying a different story but Saul reminded me of like Adam in this situation when he said the woman you gave me Saul literally said yeah Saul literally said I waited for you if you had come basically it's your fault that I'm in this situation yeah it's like almost like I my hands were tied my hands were tied and there's nothing I could have done I I feel like if he had come with her I didn't almost like what David did when um the prophet told him when Nathan told him what he did wrong if David had gone to Nathan saying well I'm the king and he had gone to battle and I was lonely you know if he had tried to deflect it would have been a different story. And I think sometimes anybody, for anyone that's listening, yes, we have we have messed up and done things that if we, we look back, it's like, oh my gosh, I did it because I was trying to please this person or please, please my partner or please. And in the process, I missed out on a relationship with God. The beauty of what we can do when we're looking at the Bible now, especially the Old Testament, is that we can see the errors. We can see where it was where where he messed up and we can go back to god and say you know what god this fear of man this fear of always wants to please people let me god i jesus christ i accept you as my lord and savior give me the grace to see my identity in you and not in man give me the grace to see you first in all things to place you above all things to be obedient to you above all so that even when men start to leave even when relationships start to suffer let me put your relationship above every other relationship so that you can lead me in the everlasting way so that you can lead me in the path of righteousness so that let me let obedient let my let let me be obedient to your will to your voice to your way above all so that i do not come to a place where i'm offering sacrifice to please man Mm-hmm. So I think I think we have to come to that because I believe that if Saul had been repentant, I think this would have been a different story. Yeah, yeah, that that is that is so true. That is so true. So, um, even as it's time to as we're wrapping up and everything, I just want you to to close us out in prayer, and just to pray for those that maybe have. They've let's just be let me just be real. They've blown it completely. They feel like you know I've made such a terrible decision. Just pray for them that they would know that God is merciful and is kind and that the goodness of God leads them to repentance. So I just want you to pray for those that feel like they have lost it and that they, they can still know that they can still come back to God. So as we pray that, we'll just round up. Okay. So um, just for anyone who is going to be listening and listening right now, um, look, 
Saul was just one person in the sea of many people, including myself, including a lot of us that have blown it sometimes for the sake of approval from man, for the sake of approval from family or friends. Uh, if, we, if you see what Peter did immediately after Jesus was captured, Peter denied Christ three times because he was afraid of what man was going to do to him. But we see this very same Peter later becoming really what Jesus prophesied that he would be that he would be the rock and he became a, a very solid apostle for Christ. So even as you're listening right now and you think back and you look back and say, God, I have blown it so many times. I have put my relationship with people above you. I have done certain things to make people feel comfortable and I've rejected you in the process. Father, I pray for every such person right now, Lord. And I ask, oh Lord, for your grace, Lord, that even as they come back to you, Lord Jesus, that you would minister to them, oh Lord, that they would come back to you and find their identity in you and know that your ways is always going to be 100 times better than anything we can imagine or think. That your ways are higher than our ways. Your thoughts are better than our thoughts, Lord. That your righteousness is what we stand upon, Lord. So, Lord, even as they listen, Lord, I ask, oh Lord, that anyone right now who is feeling feel, feeling down, who is feeling that they've messed up, oh Lord, that they will know that, that your atoning blood is still working today and it's atoning for their sins. And as they surrender themselves back to you, Lord Jesus, that you take them in and that your love will wash over them and they will know, Lord, that you are truly for them, that they will, you know, they will know, Lord, that your mercies and your compassions are new every morning and they will come to a new knowledge of you and stand for you wherever they are and know that even as they walk and as they look to you in all things, that you will lead them in the paths of righteousness and that as they continue to study your word, O oh Lord, they will become approved unto you in the name of Jesus. For everyone that is going to listen, O oh Lord, let us find and continue to hide ourselves under the shadow of your wings and stand for you when it's convenient, when it's inconvenient, in and out of season, O oh Lord. We thank you, O oh Lord, for this grace. We thank you that, that for the grace we have now to be fully obedient to you so that we don't have to be at a time where we have to make big sacrifice to Lord. The grace to, to be obedient to you in all things we receive in the name of Jesus. I thank you and I give you all the glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you very much for that, Pastor Deering. And thank you again for listening. Until next time, my name is uh, Tanero Osa. Have a good night, everyone. Good night. Good night.